Hello, and welcome back to the Equipped Man Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a man of God in the 21st century. I'm your host, Luke Wance. And today I'm joined with another friend of mine, Sean Jonas. He is pastor. He's been a musician and dad, a husband. <laughs> he's he's been a little bit of everything. So, Sean, welcome to the studio. That's good to finally be on here. Yes. A week late. Only a week late. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Nobody knows the schedule. It's not like I announced it. <laughs> that was funny though. You're like, "Hey, when was that supposed to be?" 2 days ago. Oh. <laughs> oh man, you talking about, man, I was like Oh, man, I went from hero to zero. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We still love you. (laughs) So how you been? You good? Yeah, good. Yeah? Busy. Good busy? Good busy. Good busy? Yeah. Good busy. You know, kids just started school again. Yes. And in two weeks, I'm going on tour. That's awesome. That's exciting. So, And then on top of that, there's this band out of um, uh, England. They're called Barriers. Okay. And they w- I have a vocal track that I have to lay on for that. So. Oh, very cool. And then all the work from the church. So <laughs> it's just been crazy. That's awesome. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of come out of the gate hard. Okay. So what does it mean to you to be a man of God? Well, you know, with what we're kind of battling in our current culture with yeah. the toxic masculinity. See, I grew up in West Virginia. You know, I grew up. In the woods, yeah. you know, you know, we, we, we built cabins, you know, my friend Heath Greathouse and I caught the woods on fire. <laughs> we got our tails whipped on that one. But, you know, to be a man, I, I just think one for me personally, I'm a, I'm a believer. So to be a man of God is one that is, is close to God yeah. and out of that integrity, character, all those things are developed and that's where I stay kind of centered in that. But, you know, in, in their culture, it's so, you know, I, I do not, I do not hold back. Like I remember I, I got, I said something to some friends on a Facebook live and like, dude, you can't say that. I was like, who says I can't say that? You know, (laughs) I was like, I just grew up, you know, you say what you, what you, what you mean. Yeah. And mean what you say. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up, my dad was a, you know, blue collar as they come, you know, and uh, not a hugger, not all that, you know, very masculine man, worked in the oil field from the time he was 14 until he was like 68. Oh, wow. And so my buddies would see him <laughs> in the pipe yard. Yeah. And he'd be lifting like three inch thick pipe and just throwing cool. it with one arm into the back of the truck. Holy cow. And he's not much taller than me, yeah. you know? So, yeah. but, you know, I just grew up with strong men, uh, you know, some, some good characteristics. Yeah. They weren't big huggers and I love you and those things. So, you know, carrying that over into, you know, fatherhood. You know, I wanted to fix the wrongs, yeah. but still be a manly man, still be a man of integrity and character and honor and one that would, you know, step it up for his buddies, for his friends, for his family and yeah. always being present. I think that's super important in our culture is that a man is present for his family and for his friends. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. And you, you definitely have your hands full with that because you have four. Yeah. You have four kids. Four, yeah. And two girls, two boys. Yeah. And and I'm booked in. You know, my, my first daughter, you know, they always tell tell you that, you know, they're going to have the terrible twos. Yeah. 
Ella had the terrible twos, threes, fours, fives, sixes. <laughs> I think it wasn't until seven or eight that yeah. she started to break a little bit. But now it's like my my Ian, my youngest boy. Yeah, man, he's he's not much different than Ella. He's pretty wild. <laughs> That's awesome. But my other two in the middle, they're pretty pretty mellow. I was gonna say it's it is it's it. Your kids are almost like night and day. It's yeah. like the the wild, the crazy, and then all of a sudden it's like yeah. the quiet and reserved. It's like okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, but you know. It's cool. Like I heard somebody one time, I think a guy by the name of Tommy Zito, he's a evangelist type guy. And, and he was having his like third kid or something. And, and he had something, you know, he was really afraid, like going into the second kid, he's like, can I love this kid as much as I love it? Cause I really love this, the first kid we have. Yeah. And, and it's so unique what God does in your heart. Like when you have multiple kids, like, you just they're different their personalities are different and you just learn their love language almost and you yeah. just kind of learn how to father and navigate kind of through that with them and it, yeah. it's beautiful yeah it is it's fun it's it's and it to to throw another curveball in there it's it's <laughs> it's also fun when when one of them isn't naturally yours yeah so yeah, yeah. see i was married before okay um and for 5 years and my my first wife had two kids of her own. Okay. She had them at a very young age. She was 15 and 16 when she had these kids. Okay. And so they came out of a pretty rough up upbringing because they were living with their dad. And then we got them. And so for five years, I was stepdad. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. To uh, two kids that were not. Um, she was black. I was white. So I had two black uh, stepkids. And okay. it was always interesting when I'd go to Walmart <laughs> and my, my stepson Jabari would yell, Dad, across the store, <laughs> and see a bunch of heads. Look at this super white guy. Like awesome. I am pale. Yes, you know. And they're like, okay. It's like on. You remember the Sesame Street? Which one of these things? Yeah. <laughs> but I loved those kids. Like they were my own. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's and, awesome. But that's just how. That's how West Virginians are. <laughs> we're raised, man. Yeah. We just we love. We forgive. We forget. We move on. We're just just yeah. regular folk. You know. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Um, now, were you were you raised like Christian? Because because no. you said you were raised blue collar working family. No, um, yeah, I was blue collar working family. Um, no Christian heritage at okay. all. Like no reference. Um, the only thing I could ever think of was my grandma Har, which was my mom's mom, had a Bible on her nightstand, and that was it. That was oh. that was. No. So I grew up, I think I went to a Methodist church service when I was in Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts. Okay. <laughs> and it was at some event that we were doing. And so they made us go to church on that Sunday morning. And I remember just, I couldn't follow the hymnals, the up and down and all yep. around. Like, I, And I was like, man, I can't get on board with this. This is boring. You yeah. Know? So to me, Christianity was boring. I didn't understand it. I didn't know who Jesus was. Yeah. I remember getting in an argument with a girl that had a pencil. She was a Methodist pastor's <laughs> daughter. Yeah. And she had a pencil that said, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I said, Jesus Christ is Lord. I was like, wait, God is Lord. <laughs> like, I didn't know who Jesus was. Yeah. And so I had no reference. Okay. In, in, until I was born again at 18. And, yeah. you know, I told you before we even got started, like, I think it was... It was summer, late summer of of ninety four. I got busted for breaking into cars and 
you know, I'm in a police station in Marietta, Ohio. My dad's sitting across the table from me. Yeah. He says, son, I raised you better than this. That's all he knew. You know, just be good. Yeah. You know, so, but those words sent me on a new path. Like I knew I had bad influences in my life. I knew I had to dump some friends. They let me take the fall for something they did. Oh, wow. And so I had to pay the fines and a cop stood at the courthouse as I'm leaving. And he says, I wish it was six months later. Cause I would have been 18. Oh wow. Cause he wanted to bust me good. Like he wanted me to yeah. go to jail. Cause oh, he wow. really, and I said, sir, I did not do this. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm going through that, but that just sent me on a path to like really trying to discover who some change in my life. Yeah. I didn't know where it was going to come from till I ran into a girl that had a shirt on that I like was intrigued by. I said, Abortion kills a, ble- a beating heart. And yeah. I wasn't pro-life or pro-choice, wasn't pro-anything, but I had a girlfriend that had an abortion Okay. And when I was in, in 11th grade. So when I seen that shirt, I was like, something spoke to me out of it. Yeah. And so I was drawn to her, and the next day, I'm at her church, you know? <laughs> and wow. I'm like, this is wild, you know? Yeah. They're lifting their hands and the whole thing, and a week later, I'm born again. Wow. That's crazy how that happens. Yeah. It's, it is. It's because I've, I've had a couple of those moments myself where it's like before I was Christian, it's like, you know, it's like you look back now that you're Christian, it's like, okay, those were the moments where God, you know, tried to intervene on my yeah. part. If only I would have listened, but I listened here and that's what helped yeah. move me. So, so you went from just living for yourself and doing yeah. whatever you want to. I mean, just, I remember. The day before I got born again, my my two friends picked me up in their Toyota Tundra, and they had two bottles of whiskey, and yeah. we were going to go. We always went out to our friend's property. It was just just a bunch of big open field, and we'd build a bonfire. And we'd just get ripped up, yep, and head home drunk as skunks. And and I would just walk straight to my room, not talk to my mom because I was like, if she sees me, I'm busted. <laughs> And, you know, just living this life. I remember being so high one time that I was asking my other high friend, it was in the passenger seat, <laughs> am I in the lane? Oh, wow. Because we're driving up a two-lane, pretty busy yeah. road. It was near near the community college. And and he's like, yeah, you're in the lane, you're in the lane. I mean, that's how bad yeah. it had gotten. Wow. And I just remember I was in that church service. It was a strip mall ch- church okay. in Athens, Ohio. Um, and it was called the Celebration Center, and the this drama team was doing a bunch of skits, mm-hmm. and they were really heart wrenching, you know, just you know about your life and do you know Jesus and those things. And I just remember being so convicted, but so clear, like I was like, that's what it is. That's what I need. I need Jesus in my heart. I need him in my life. And I remember I went to that altar gave my life to the Lord. And what was crazy was it was like, like, you know, how they say the old is past, the new has come like the new immediately came. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And it's like, I had no desire for alcohol. Yeah. No, no, not because anybody was telling me, okay, now you don't need to drink. You don't need to, it was almost like, I just knew yeah. it was like new revelation, but I, I consumed the new Testament and like, yeah. A weekend. Oh, wow. <laughs> My friend was like, I, he goes, yeah, just read the New Testament. I was like, what is that? He's like, 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, or Luke or John. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's like, man, I was just talking about one of them. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they were good. Yeah. <laughs> Why does this story seem like it's repeating? What's going on but here? Man, I was on fire, and I was one of those cornball Christians. Oh, okay. Had to have the bumper stickers. Had yep. to have the T-shirt. I went through all that. <laughs> you know, I wasn't quite as bad as the Reese's Cup Jesus T-shirt. Okay. I always thought that was corny, but yeah. But yeah. And yeah. then six months later, I'm, I'm touring in a Christian band. Wow, it was wild. So, so were you like, were you into music beforehand, or I, I mean, grew how up did, like, how did that happen? Um, I grew up with square dancing parents, <laughs> and you know when you're when you're young and your parents are into something, you yeah. want to just revolt against it. Oh yeah. So I remember sitting in my living room because my babysitter for my two older sisters. My babysitter was MTV. Okay. So I grew up and I remember the day, like, I mean, I just remember the way the sun was coming in the windows and everything. <laughs> the music video for Metallica One came on. Oh, great video. Oh my great gosh. Video, I was song. like, I jumped on my little BMX bike and I rode to Kmart <laughs> to get me that And Justice for All album. Yeah. And that began to journey. My first concert that I ever witnessed was Anthrax and Iron Maiden in the Charleston <laughs> Civic Center. My sister just, I mean, she she helped me, you know, dive. So I was a big metal head. Okay. But then I got into Nirvana and grunge, and I went through some punk rock phase. But by the time I got born again, it was so God, it was so cool that I ended up in the youth group that I ended up in because all these guys were into metal and punk rock and all that. Yeah. The guy that prayed for me, his name was Eric Reeder. He had blue hair. Nice. You know, when he prayed for my nice. salvation. You know, and I'm like, oh, man, I get on board with these people, yeah. you know? Oh, definitely. And um, they were all in a band called Zayo. Okay, wow. And um, and so they're like, hey, you got to come see us, our shows. And I remember coming there, and it was intense, and... It wasn't just Christian bands. It was Christian and non. It's kind of how the scene was back then. You know, yeah. everybody played with everybody, and then but they were so bold with in their faith. And I just remember like few. I was born again for like three or four months, and I said, "Hey, we want to start this new band called Monroe. Uh, you could scream in it." And they yeah. didn't know if I could scream or not. <laughs> and and Mick you can are, learn. You learn. And so what? What it was was basically just like Zayo, but like. The Zayo drummer became the guitar player. The guitar player became the drummer. <laughs> and then the bass player stayed on bass, but then he sang okay. some lines, and then I would scream some lines. Wow. And that's where it started with this band, Monroe. And then two months later, or three three months later, after they got back from tour, the, the lead singer felt this call to ministry and go to ministry school. So the door opened wide open for me to take the lead Wow. Um, vocal role in Zayo. Yeah. And they were just signed a record deal. Wow. Um, so I had to get ready. <laughs> I had to, one, learn all the songs. Yeah. But very short period of time, I had to learn how to record. Okay. And I'd never yeah. been in a studio thus far, you know? Yeah. So it was intense and it was a whirlwind, but. Man, it was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. It was a life changer. Yeah. Got to, I think I, by the time, I remember getting back 
out of the summer yeah. going into my like senior year and they're like hey what'd you do this summer and i was like i've seen 43 of the 50 states <laughs> you know, we, i don't know it's all a blur <laughs> we toured like non-stop all yeah. summer long and wow by the time i was going to my 11th or my 12th grade year i was like they're like what you did what <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and and i i, I know you've been in a couple few bands mm-hmm. um and I, I don't know, I don't remember which band you were with, but I remember, because I want to, I want to I, I highlight um, kind of your boldness mm-hmm. of of while you were doing this, yeah. Um, because I remember you telling a story how one of your band, um, one of your some of your bandmates tried to restrain you, yeah, uh, vocally at yeah. least, um, as far as speaking out for Jesus, yeah. I mean, what we were, I was very on fire for God, like. And before the shows would even start, I would go and I'd walk off and I'd find like if we were at a Knights of Columbus or if we were at some venue, I'd find an abandoned room, like a room that I could just be alone in. Okay. And I'd read my Bible, but I'd get alone. I'd get in the presence of God. Yeah. Because when I stepped up on that platform, I I just made a promise to God when I started music. I said, God, I will not speak for you. I will not take this opportunity with all these hundreds of kids in front of me and not a- a- acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, you know? Yeah. And so I was bold and I was so radically saved, you know, and, and it'd be, it was so real to me that I couldn't not say something. Yeah. So I was extremely bold and was known around the scene for being bold. And so we, we got to, I think it was California, we were performing in a venue that was on California University's campus. Okay. Or the wow. University of California, I can't remember how it is. But um, it was a big venue, it was a big show, it was a bunch of bands that we were familiar with from Arizona and some other places that we were performing with. Um, one band was called Overcome, and so it was packed out. It was yeah. a great show, big nice. show. Yeah. And um, the, the guy, the... Um, promoter comes up to us and says, Hey, there's this group of guys. They're called Courage Crew. They were straight edge, hardcore kids that okay. didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't have premarital sex, like all these things. They were just pure and they wear these big X's on their hands. Yeah. But they were also very violent towards people that did drink oh, and wow. believed in Jesus. They hated Jesus. And so there'd been rumors that these guys had been carving X's into people's backs with razor blades at shows. Wow. So they were extremely violent. Yeah. And so the promoter says, Courage Crew is here. I know you're a Christian band. And he he was like, I hate to ask this of you guys, but don't say anything about Jesus. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. For you and maybe for people in the crowd. Wow. And so, you know, so we had a little band huddle. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, Sean, <laughs> whatever you do, dude. We want to like, walk out of this place. Do not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, whatever. <laughs> and I just got up there and we were in like third or fourth song. They were tuning their instruments between songs. And I got yeah. up there and I don't remember what I said. Something along the lines of like, hey, we all go through through things in life and we all battle stuff and people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, but I want to tell you, there's one, only one answer to overcome all those obstacles in life. And that is Jesus Christ. And the crowd roared. Yeah. But then you heard some 
other thing like shut up and play and yeah. stuff. <laughs> but they didn't just say shut up they yeah. said, you know oh yeah <laughs> and so i just remember that promoter gave us our like check and was like get out of here wow and like i think we had to like get out of there quickly because i think they were going to come for us yeah it was it was intense but we 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 faced that everywhere we went. had beer bottles thrown past our heads you know yeah all kinds of stuff but we were real groundbreakers because hardcore was a new genre yeah at the time it was very new um we were in a scene that wasn't welcoming to christianity yeah but the cool thing about hardcore was it was about whatever you were believing whatever you stood for you were hardcore like you weren't coming off of it like so yeah we were one of those bands that were truly hardcore like we were hardcore for christ yeah and these other bands were hardcore for straight edge or hardcore for krishna or whatever they wanted to be you know but yeah. that was what was great about the scene and it was a very accepting scene to a point you know but mm. you'd have those violent Oh, cities yeah. you know yeah. like i know up in the boston area and stuff they didn't they didn't play around man they beat you up oh wow it was yeah. violent wow and so you know you just kind of rolled with it but i <laughs> i didn't <laughs> i wasn't gonna say you know this is my this is yeah. my this is my this is a, i don't have a religion i have a relationship with god yeah he's transformed my life he could transform your life oh yeah you know so yeah definitely go for it yeah you know i mean i, I remember that was that was the big thing that um, you know, for me, it was, it wasn't even so much the relationship or anybody like trying to, to preach to me or anything. It was just, I got to know my neighbors and, yeah. you know, I, I, in a way built a relationship with them and mm -hmm. it, it kind of hit me one day. I was like, you know, if they're really cool people and yeah. if that's what happens by going to their church, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. You know, what's the worst that happens? Yep. And, and, you know, I, I don't know if I always heard Leonard Ravenhill say this is an old school preacher. Yeah. But he used to say, preach the gospel, if necessary, use words. Nice. And that profoundly spoke to me because I'm like, our life should be the gospel. Like Agreed. your neighbors. Agreed. Their life was the gospel. Yeah. They were nice. They were kind. They were pleasant. They were giving. They were caring. You know, those things. And that's what, but that's what's missing in our culture because we have a lot of talk, but little little yeah, action i agree because because yeah they the my my neighbor i mean i found out later um you know he had been going to church most of his life um he was occasionally on the worship team um yeah. you know did ministry and and everything and it was like he never mentioned you know here's what the bible says here's yeah. what jesus says you know he would never even bring up Jesus, God, the Bible, yeah. anything, unless I did first, mm -hmm. you know? So it was like really cool. And and that was one thing I appreciated about yeah. it. Um, even though I knew he was Christian and, and going to church, but you know, it was, he was just, he was really cool about it. So yeah. what's crazy is one of the darkest places if spiritually I'd ever been in performing in my band Yeah, was actually a church. Wow. I remember being really? in a basement of a church in Marietta, Ohio, and I've never felt more demonic wow. activity yeah. than in that place. And that will put that in your theology pipe and smoke it. Yeah, you know, it's no like yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, that's not possible. <laughs> no, uh, we were like, there is an oppressive demonic thing yeah. Yeah. in this atmosphere. And yeah. So, yeah, like 
I'm just anti-religion. Yeah. I mean, as much as much as I want to sit there and say, "Oh, no way," but then it's like, "Well, no, I I, I totally agree with that because mm-hmm. again, I've 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 heard it said before, and and I 100% agree with this. God, uh, the you know, the devil, the enemy, Satan, whatever you want to call him, he's not in the bars, he's not no. in the clubs trying to get people, <laughs> convincing them that they need to change their way of life. You yep. know, he's got them. Yeah, he's in the church pews, mm-hmm. questioning. You know, again, kind of like, you know, the, you know, he, he did it to Jesus, you know, yeah. is this really what God said? He did it with mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. Is this what God said? Yeah. You know, why isn't he going to do that to us? Yeah. In the church pews, in the yeah, middle he of the sermon. He, he doesn't go, he doesn't go for the weak. <laughs> no. He goes for the strong, you know. Yeah. And it's, and that's why it's, that's why I love the scripture. I think it's Proverbs 424, I do believe. It's uh, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Mm. For out of it will flow the issues of life. Yeah. You know, and you know, we have to continuously, as men, yes, be on guard. You know, I battled for many years, even into my Christian years, battled tremendously with lust. Yeah, tremendously. It was it was more than a mountain. To I mean, it was huge. I had to knock that thing down. And I mean, it was to the point where I would be driving home and I would, I'd be running over in my mind. What did I want? What do I, what do I want to look at tonight? What do I want? I want this type of porn, Mm -hmm. this type of, I mean, it was bad. Like it had me wrapped up. Wow. And I remember because I, I got so like, I got my divorce, um, for my first wife and I started hanging out with a group of guys and I started doing some little bit of social drinking. I had, had a, a fall. Like it was a okay. very short season of time at a fall um, in my walk with God because I wasn't guarding my heart. Okay. But I was mostly mad at the church and I let it like overwhelm me. Okay. To the point to where I was just like, I'm done with religion. I love Jesus. Yeah. I love God. I never let go of God. I was like, God, yeah. I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> I just don't want them. You right, know? I, yeah. just, I just don't want organized religion yeah. anymore. My lyrics reflected it because I was in my second band by then. Okay. My lyrics were highly reflecting that where I had a I had a song called Revolving Door Romance. Oh, and it was about wow. how slick hair, shiny shoed people, they're p- preachers yeah. are bringing them in, but it's like a revolving door romance. They're coming in one door and then a group of them are going right out the other door, you know. And I, and I said, wow. like, it had some. I could see that, yeah. But it was, uh, I was in a very bitter place, and you know, you said I got like Satan's not in the bars. Yeah, I was in a bar, and I'm looking across the bar, and it was a a, a married couple, probably my age now, yeah. and the Lord spoke to me and said, "Do you want to be them?" Who. In this, in a place like this, when you're their age, yeah, and it was like, and I went immediately. My friend, I was like, the Lord spoke to me. I got to get out of here. He's like, what have you been smoking? What did somebody give you? You know, it's like God doesn't speak to people in places like this. I was like, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. That was that. That's that was it. You know, but that was a very short period of time because I I was still still love Jesus, man. Yeah, I just didn't want religion. Yeah. Because I was so into like being intimate with the Lord. Yeah. Close to him. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that is that that is profound. And I, I do. I believe that, you know, yes, as much as Satan isn't in the bars, you know, I, I know God can speak to people anywhere. Yeah. You know, um, 
so to kind of fast forward or 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 however you want to jump ahead um because in my mind this is kind of an interesting twist because you Mm -hmm. went from the hardcore scene to to screaming you know at at basically screaming at fans every night or every other night traveling the country yeah to all of a sudden later later in your life or, mm-hmm. or years i don't know i don't know i don't know your timeline um but all of a sudden you're a youth minister yeah so yeah, it's like <laughs> what was crazy was you know i was coming up i was coming to the end of symphony and peril which was my second band mm-hmm. i'd rededicated my life to the lord it was during all that process rededicated my life to the lord had a like that shortly after that weekend where where the lord spoke to me in the bar my my good friend is Pastor Lonnie Coates. He I I I was his uh, his daughter was the one that had the abortion kills oh, a beating wow. heart. Okay. So I was really close to this guy and yeah. He uh, randomly calls my phone, leaves a voicemail message. I didn't get it. Yeah. And he says, "Sean, what are you doing? The Lord brought you up in my spirit. You oh. need to get down to my church." On Sunday morning, it was in Athens, Ohio. Okay. And I was living in Columbus, Ohio at the time. And I was just like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to be down there. Nice. And I remember the song that was playing when I rededicated my life, really fully engaged back to the Lord. It was the song, Our God Reigns Forever, His Kingdom Reigns. Mm, And I buried my face into a dirty old church pew, (laughs) and I weeped, and I cried, and I apologized to the Lord. Everything you you do when you're just repenting and turning it. And and that was, it was so funny, because three months later, I'm still not feeling like like I'm 100% like back to where I should be to get back into youth into ministry and stuff because i yeah. really i graduated bible college and i i okay. did ministry for a little while okay before i did symphony of peril and had kind of just did, had a had a terrible experience with it gotcha. just didn't didn't get around the right people and okay. stuff and got around a lot of religion gotcha. and so but this time around like i'm i'm that night that i gave my life to the lord i also met joy okay and uh and ran into her and you know a year or so later i'm married (laughs) remarried yeah and i am getting ready to have my baby girl yeah my first child and i'm calling my buddy that i went to bible college we roommate and just telling him about all the good things that god is doing in my life and and he said oh that's awesome i have a i have kids of my own we start talking about parenting and stuff and I'm nervous as a cat, you know. I'm like, I'm gonna be a terrible dad. You know? <laughs> and uh, he calls me back and says, "Man, there might be an opportunity for you. Would you ever want to do youth ministry?" Holy cow! And I'm thinking, me? Like, are you sure about this, man? Did you not hear my story? And uh, <laughs> you know, I I just was, I was like, yeah, 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 man. Um, I think I'm ready. And I'd, I'd been volunteering at, at, in a youth ministry at the time. So it wasn't okay. like I wasn't doing some form of ministry. Yeah. And so, and uh, around the time that I became youth pastor in Huntington, West Virginia at New Life Church, my daughter was only three months old. Wow. Yeah. And wow. Uh, started the journey. And I was youth pastor there for 10 years. 
Yeah. And um, we started with um, around 45 students. At the height of our ministry, about I had 150 oh, students. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, for eight years of the 10 years, my wife and I um, were camp. We, we started our own youth camp, and it, it started with 120 students, um, and it grew to over 600. Oh, that's and awesome. So we had 600 students and 150 leaders. Wow. That we that's were responsible awesome. for yeah. for our youth camps. And so that was our, that was definitely the highlight of our ministry. And, yeah. And we had a ball. Like, yeah. We have no sad stories, no, you know, no yeah. controversies, you know, we just, we That's loved, awesome. we loved youth. We love youth ministry. We poured our whole lives into it. Yeah. 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 And then I know there was, there was a bit of a shift and, and, yeah. and God kind of tapped you and said, yeah. Hey, let's change seasons. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we had been feeling probably the last two years of youth ministry, uh, something was we're it, it's when God does that it's it it's not like it's gentle yeah. and it's it's a you start feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. and what yeah what was originally feeling natural was feeling uncomfortable like I remember going in my final year of youth ministry and every late summer after youth camp and everything we would do camp planning meetings and we would we would plan out most of our year in in a two week time frame we would just like okay. schedule out like what events we wanted to do what what activities we wanted to do what kind of message series is we wanted to do what yeah. what did we want to tackle and i went into it very robotic like mm, okay. just ch- 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 checking off all the boxes gotcha. of yeah. things that we had done before and you know i was just so used to like knowing the game you know yeah. that and I remember handing it off to my associate pastor, which was my roommate from Bible college. And Josh was like, we had a meeting after just to go over the plan. And he's like, man, like something's different, man. Like I don't see the fire in, in this yeah. plan, you know, because yeah. he would like other years, I had a lot of creative ideas, a lot of things, <clears throat> but this was just regurgitating. Like, gotcha. Yeah. So my wife, my wife started feeling it way before I was. Okay. She was kind of ready to just bless, kinda, bless wives. They're good. I know, man. God <laughs> speaks to them way before. It's like, oh, yeah. My wife is my second Holy Spirit because yeah. when I ain't listening to Holy Spirit, <laughs> she is and she's going to yep. let me know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she was feeling it way before I was. But I remember we had this service and God moved and bunch of like seven kids were filled with the spirit and yeah we just had an unbelievable time in worship and i just remember i got back home and i was laying in bed and i was re going over the night in my head yeah and i just was just really staying really sensitive to the lord and he just said it's time <laughs> and i turned to my wow. wife and i yeah. said it's time and she says time for what <laughs> it's like i think i'm gonna go to pastor tell him uh, i think it's it's time and yeah and that was the journey and so i was in a i was like in a no plans place like no plans yeah like i was done with i was like i'm ready to step out of ministry had no job had like no plans <laughs> no idea of what to do next yeah was totally walking with god with it yeah kind of wanted to maybe pastor but th- i had nothing like yeah 
and um, so I just I I talked to some friends, got a little um, like uh, graphic design gig okay. at a print company. It was it was still finishing up my my role as youth pastor. Yeah, and my friend Homer Chapman comes up, and uh, he goes, "Hey, uh, Dustin Smith," which was. Uh, the worship leader, my current church, that uh, it, well, it used to be called World Revival Church, yeah. and, and then he went off and, and was doing his own thing. He was traveling, but he also led worship at my youth camps. Yeah, okay. He was hosting a big men's retreat. That and was a great weekend. It was a fantastic I weekend. I went to that as well. That was a fun and weekend. And so my friend Homer, I remember seeing Dustin posting, and he's like limited number of people yeah. can go yeah well my friend homer chapman was thinking of me and he knew my transition he knew everything was going he bought me a ticket without me even telling him <laughs> to and he's like dude you're gone that's all awesome. and i really wanted to go but i didn't really have the money because i was saving pennies because i was like i wasn't going to make as much as i was making in yeah being youth pastor you know and yeah so so he's like man i'm paying for you to go and i went to joy and i said hey uh can i Am I? Are you cool with me going to this? She's yeah. Like, yeah, I think I'd be good. And that weekend was God. It was a God weekend. Yeah. Well, because one, the weekend was just unbelievable. I'd never been around guys that were going after the presence of God like that. Men like normally are pretty restrained and yeah. less bold, but man, that weekend yeah. they were singing with boldness and crying out to God and and I just remember um I Pastor Steve Gray walked in the side and I was like whoa that's Pastor Steve Gray I didn't know he was going to be here and I remember years prior I'd watched him on TV on Daystar during the revival days yeah and uh I was like man I want to talk to him after service well during the service Dustin honors me in front of everybody tells them my story about the youth being a Youth pastor, you say, hey, this is one of the best youth pastors I've ever been in contact with. Yeah. He's stepping out of youth ministry, and he's stepping into this <laughs> news phase of ministry. And what was crazy is, prior to that weekend, James had said, James Copang okay. sent me a text, and he said, hey, I heard you're you're going down there, and da-da-da-da. We were just shooting the breeze, and, and I, or no, he, he responded off of seeing that I was stepping out of youth ministry. Okay. And I randomly just jokingly said, hey, you know, if you have any openings at World Revival <laughs> Church, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, you know. Yeah. And he hadn't read it, but he read it on the plane <laughs> flight down. And Pastor Steve says, who is that? Yeah. And he explains it to me. So he already, Pastor Steve already kind of knew kind of about me yeah but then dustin raves about me you yeah. know oh yeah and so by that point <laughs> pastor steve's like i gotta get to know this guy yeah and within a 10 minute convert like i went to get a bottle of water and he's calling for me to come yeah. and talk to him and he's like one of those guys that doesn't waste time no he doesn't ever no, he doesn't no he goes i i'll call my secretary how can you fly out this weekend <laughs> I was like, this weekend? I was yeah. like, uh, how about next week? Right, right. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that would work better. He, he was wasting no time. Because he, he really felt like I was a guy that would really make a difference at the church in, yeah. in my 
my talents and abilities and stuff. So yeah. that's where it started, man. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Cause I remember, cause I, cause I did, I, I saw you there. Um, and I know our wives had made a connection. Yeah. And that's that's kind of how we got to know each other. We actually had um, a lunch together. We did at Olive after, Garden. At Olive Garden yeah. after, at a women's conference yeah. where I literally was the only guy at the women's conference. Yes, you conference. were. Yes, you were. <laughs> wow. What lady brings her husband to these things? Yeah. So I, 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 I knew of you or yeah. briefly. Yeah. But it was, oh, man, that weekend. We need to have another one of those. We do. We, we need do. to we do need our to, own here we do. or something. We do. We man. need to figure out how to make that happen. That was so fun. You know, maybe maybe with this, I can I can start like a men's ministry, and instead of like be fierce, be the equipped man. Yeah. Something. Yeah, something. Something. That'd be great. Yeah. In a way, that's kind of my hope. I mean, yeah. and and not that not that I sat there and said, I wanna I wanna I wanna start a, men, a men's ministry, mm-hmm. but in a way, this started with looking for a men's ministry. Yeah. You know, because again, I, I, you know, I've, I've said this before here on the podcast, I told you earlier, you know, it's, it's all about that. Okay. I'm a Christian. Now what? Yeah. You know, and, and there's, there is, there's a lot of pressure, you know, in the world in, and especially in that we as men put on ourselves as husbands, fathers, you know, even just as men, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as Christian men, there's, there's all this pressure and it's like, what how do i how do i do this how do i live this life how do i walk this out um you know i know some in in some ways uh i've kind of been walking through some some mental health questions and stuff on my own um not not totally on my own i'm I'm getting some help (laughs) um you know but it was one of those things that you know whenever something happens it's like well you just yeah you shove it down you shove it down Mm -hmm. And because you're, you're, you don't want to look weak, you yep. don't want to look, you know, exposed, you don't want to look vulnerable, even though you know yep. that your wife, We're your kids terrible are terrible at that. Oh yeah, we are. You know, but it's like, even though we know that the ones around us will support us, mm-hmm. you know, all of our friends are like, you know, Hey man, if you need anything, reach out. I'm here for you. You know what's you. crazy is, um, I mean, you know, the story, I mean, the listener doesn't know this, but you know, my wife and I lost a child and you yeah. guys actually walked through us. Uh, walked with us through a little bit of that journey. And, yeah. but I remember I was doing just that. I was pushing every bit of pain, every bit of questioning of God, yeah, everything down. Yeah. Because I felt like if I show strength, this will help my wife. Right. This will help my, cause <laughs> I was youth pastor at the time. Yeah. This will help my youth ministry. They'll see, Hey, you know, yeah. he lost a child. He's supposed to be a pastor. Why didn't God, you know, yeah. save the child and you know all these things. So me trying to be strong faith guy, pushed it all down, trying yeah. to be strong. But you know, one day I was dry mopping a gym floor and started having a conversation with God and said, "Hey, God, tell my baby that I I I love her, miss her." Yeah. And boom, the tears cool. started coming. <laughs> I come home, yeah. I tell my wife, yeah, and start crying again, and she said, "Thank you." Yeah. She goes, Shoot. "I was waiting for you to grieve with me." Yeah. Be here with me, be present in this situation. Yeah. Cuz she she's seen all this strength, but she's like, "I'm not strong. Why are you strong?" Like yeah. almost like, <laughs> "Why are you being strong? Right. Can't we be weak together?" I mean, right. and, and that's that's so beautiful, you know. Yeah. That's how marriage should really work. Yes. You know, you know, 
in in your weaknesses, you know, I want I want I want to be there for you, you know. Yeah. And and I want to I want to grieve with you. I want to cry with you. I want to I want to minister with you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's you know, but it was but it was it was one of those things that cuz you know, cuz again, we we you know, especially me, I I, I shove things down and yeah. and and all of that and it's it's one of those things where it's like eventually all of that stuff that you shove down has some has to go somewhere. Yep. You know, and and one thing I actually said to uh, a therapist recently, um, and I've I've said this to my wife, so it's not like it's a secret. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like I wanna I wanna learn how to explode. Yeah. In a healthy manner. Yeah. You know, because you know, yes, I can I can I can I can take this to God and I can I can worship and I can get prayer and mm-hmm. and I can I can cry out. You know, but but sometimes there's there's something about that yeah. explosion. Yeah. You know, where where can I go that you know, I d- I don't necessarily want to get into a fight, but you know, yeah. can can what what can I like beat up or you I know, remember hack at? Um, I was in a drug rehabilit uh, the town I lived in. It was Huntington, West Virginia. At one point, it was the heroin overdose capital of the world. Oh wow! It was the number one of most obese town in the world wow and it was like number three or four for the most depressed place in the world Oof. like it was like it was like yeah bad yeah i mean we were seeing like druggies we outside of our house my kid almost picked up a heroin needle oh and like it was intense yeah and i remember i was in a drug uh like it was there was the governor or yeah, the governor of Ohio and a bunch of other people were in this uh, meeting that I got to be a part of. Oh, and they wow. were talking about um, drug rehabilitation at that time. They had a needle exchange program, which was horrible. Yeah. Like they could take their used needles and they would get clean needles. <laughs> but what they thought was a good thing, they were finding needles everywhere Yeah, because they would just, they'd have so many. Yeah. So it was doing the opposite effect. Yes. They just wanted them to stay clean, have clean needles right. inside. Yeah. I don't know. It, but anyways, long story short, I was in this meeting, and they started talking about this program in Arizona where they put these uh, uh, guys that were going through drug rehabilitation through a physical fitness program. Ooh, wow. Intense, yeah, like CrossFit intense. Okay, because they realized that the chemicals that were released from drug addicts was the same chemicals that were being released when they would do these super hard physical activities. Yeah, they were having like a ninety-eight percent like cow. success rate with this. Yeah, these guys were getting healthy. They were they were doing and like. And that's just like, that's how God, I mean, that's how God designed us. Like, yeah. we're not meant to just stay, like, a body that, that's in motion stays in motion, yes. you know? Yes, We were meant to be active as human beings. Yeah, we were. So how, like, like you were saying, like, got a way to, like, release, you know, for me, it was always cycling. Like, okay. I'd go on 30, 40, 50-mile bike rides because yeah. I would just, like, I'd be feeling, like, I remember being, like, depressed at times and, like, I just got to get out on a bike, man. Yeah. I got to get, you know. And I and like I was like oh well, aren't you a believer aren't yeah. you why, why don't you just pray it out you know right, why don't you pray right, yeah. you know there's just moments where you just need to just go out and just hammer yes you know just hammer yes. those pedals and get out there and like just re- like 
talk to God, like release it, you know? Like, that's why I love, like, I would love to see you do something like, uh, like, for, like fighting, like yeah. MMA. That'd be interesting. That would definitely be interesting. <laughs> see, my mind goes almost the other way. I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, maybe I should learn to be a blacksmith. Oh, man, that'd be that so would be cool. Fun. That would be fun. Man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like, I love trades, man. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. it. I, I just looked at your, your table up there, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did get I the woodworking helps. I did yeah. get into that, and that that does help. But um, my my problem with man. that is that isn't always consistent. Yeah. Um, you know, and then especially it's like, you know, moments of like depression or something will hit, and it's all of a sudden I'm like, I don't, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to do it. It's like I should do it because I know it'll help, but I don't want to do it because yeah. I don't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the good like, there was a good, ish, Christian book. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, it had moments, yeah. but the 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 one of Wild at Heart, it was a, it was a it was a pretty good men's book. Okay, but, but what it really emphasized was that men are you know it it talked about how men were always hunter gatherers and you know that yeah. there's always been this wild side to a man and and a man has to be active like he has to stay active. That's why a lot of these guys that were like football players in high school and all these things and then they get into a marriage and then they're not active at all yeah and then their mind wanders yeah and then they have affairs and they have all these things and it's because men are like god designed us to be active to yes. be yeah. doers and to do things with our hands and yeah. be active and i think that's so healthy for a man oh i agree i agree yeah blacksmithing uh, man yeah that you would need be to make, you need to make that happen That's i've, so I've cool. watched a couple of shows and i'm like i think i could do this that'd be so cool yeah, like, yeah. i mean i've got the beard for it so i might as well you know for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not brave enough to do the beard I, I can't get past the itchy stage yeah you just you just gotta you just gotta muscle through it yeah. you just you just gotta just, just man up yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it that way. I'll man up. You know, just man up and just. What's so funny is all the guys in my band now. Yeah. They all have beards, man. Yeah. Every single one of them. I'm yeah. the only dude <laughs> without a beard. You know, they're like, they're like ah, hold strong, man. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I laugh because you know because I've got you know the beard and the mustache and it's like for the longest time the it was the mustache especially with my wife that mm-hmm. you know she's like no it's it it got to a point it's yeah. like she's like no you can't you can't and. <laughs> The running joke is um, why I now am able to have a mustache is because mm-hmm. I was away from my wife for a month and a half. Oh, wow. And so I'm like, that's it. I'm not shaving. And yeah. by the time I got home, <laughs> my mustache was soft enough. She's like, okay, just keep it trimmed. That's crazy. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to kiss you and get mouthful of mustache. <laughs> I was like, all right, deal. <laughs> oh, man. Joy likes me with a beard. Yeah? Yeah, she likes me with a beard. I just... I can't get past that issue, yeah. man. Yeah, we'll talk. I'll give you some tips. I'll give you some <laughs> tips to help that. Yeah, we'll get we'll get it going. Get you like a, a good West Virginia lumberjack beard or something. Oh man! <laughs> hey, did you see that guy? That's uh, he's on America's Got Talent. He's he's a fiddle player. No, and uh, he's from West Virginia. Good Christian guy. Like yeah. And he's lighting it up with the fiddle on oh, like awesome. American Scott Talent. I'm like really, and he's got like the beard, and he's like he's yeah. a killer man. He's oh, like, that's cool. awesome! That's awesome. All right, so uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Yeah. Is there anything practical advice for men of God that might be listening or that are listening? I'd say here's here's the thing. You know, a lot of guys. You know, sometimes you just 
you feel alone, you feel like you're battling things by yourself. You know, you said it earlier in the show, it's so very important, you know, find another guy, find a friend, find somebody, let them know what you're battling, letting, let them know what you're going through because, you know, the Bible says like iron sharpens iron, so is a brother to a brother. Yeah. It's so very infor- important in this life to not fight these battles alone. You know, yes, center your life on Jesus, fall in love with Jesus. I heard a nun say here recently to to uh, Michael Koulianis, he's a pastor down in Florida. Okay. He met with these spirit-filled nuns. Nice. And he said, give me some advice. And they said, find the love of Jesus and then love him back. Oh, man, that's good. And they said, that's how we've remained so true and so pure. They said, I f- just find the love of Jesus and just begin to love him back. And that sounds so simple. Yeah. But, man, that's so profound because if you really, truly find the love of God for your life, just begin to love him back and, and find those brothers yeah. to do this battle with. You know, I know, I know for sure if I'm going through something, I know for sure I can come to you. I can go to Chico. Yeah. You know, Chico would smack me in the back of the head. Yeah, he like, would. Yeah, Get he back would. on the horse, man. You know? <laughs> and like, I have a group of guys that I just know that like I could get real with. Yeah. And they're not going to, they're not going to think anything less of me. Yeah. Um, Cause we all know that, you know, we're not perfect. Yeah. And God's not after perfection. No. He's at what he is, is he's after us to become perfected. Yes. By his love. Yeah. By his grace. By his hand. Yeah. He wants that loyalty and relationship. Yeah. 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 And we just, we as guys need to get over ourselves and actually, yes, I need to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, thanks for having me, part. man. No problem, man. This was fun. I've been wanting to do this for a while. And yeah. then when, when, I, when it didn't happen last week, <laughs> dude, I felt like I, I was, I literally wanted to crawl under the you pew. Did. You did. And I, was, I, I, I think I, I, I was close to fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this stinks. Yeah. But it yeah. worked out. Yeah. And I'll definitely have you back. Yeah. Because um, I've, I've got, you know, I've, I've got a, a short list of, of guys that, yeah you know, that I, I want to come back and, and I'll, I'll tap you guys for, for certain topics or, yeah, or certain yeah. uh, different men of the Bible and be like, you know, hey, let's talk about yeah. David or oh, know, man. something, you know. I've I talked could, a little bit about David it, could yeah. get intense. It could, I mean, we we could have an entire series on just the different stories of David. Yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah. Why David do this? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Thank you, Sean. All Appreciate right, it. Thank you, man. Guys, stay fit. Be well. <laughs> <laughs>